purpose, fulfillment, love, happiness. We all want it, but for many of us, it has been elusive, almost an illusion. Life is full of twists and turns. It's so easy to make poor choices, get off course, and end up on a dead end street. The big question is this, why are some people able to navigate the chaos of life and achieve personal and professional success while others get lost and continually experience setbacks and defeats? This is the question for which this podcast will provide the answers. Using discernment as a life tool is key. Join me as I unpack the building blocks of optimal decision-making so that you can finally learn how to enjoy a life full of perpetual joy, peace, fulfillment, and ultimate purpose in life. You will be equipped with the tools necessary to wake up every day feeling empowered, energized, and enlightened, even when the storm clouds are on the horizon. I'm Rhonda Mako, and this is The Power of the Pivot, Leading with Discernment. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Power of the Pivot, Leading with Discernment. Today is episode 13, and we're talking about everyday examples of discernment. When we last left off in episode 12, we talked about the difference between discernment and the idiom like looking for a needle in a haystack. There is a difference between the two. We also talked about the fact that when we discern, we do judge. However, we judge to elevate. We judge to reposition. We judge to avoid pitfalls. We judge to make sure that we are on the right path. And we judge to make sure that our words and actions are in alignment with our ultimate purpose in life. We do not judge for selfish desires. We do not judge to condemn, and we do not judge to make definitive judgments about people such as they're evil, they're bad, they're disgusting, and all those negative things that we say about people that are just completely unnecessary. We don't want to make those type of judgments because they put us in a negative headspace. We don't want to be there. We don't need to judge people in that way because when we put those type of negative thoughts in our minds, It keeps us in a negative headspace. And why would we want to be there? We have enough negativity in our lives that we're trying to rid ourselves of. We don't need to take ourselves down a path where we're criticizing someone and judging someone and just constantly having that negative vibe and headspace around. We don't want to be there. So just be clear about what we are judging when we do judge. Also, when we talk about discernment, We are bombarded by different types of information, right? We have relevant information, irrelevant information, missing information. We have all types of information that may be verbal, body language, actions, or maybe even written information. So we have all this information that's coming towards us, and we have to sift through the information to take what is salient in order to make the right decisions. So that's really what we're doing. And we talked about this whole process of discernment. And we talked about the fact that we have to deal with ourselves first in order to position ourselves in a way where we can hear that discerning voice and make sure that we're making the proper decisions. 
So one of the most common encounters we face where discerning is important is when we come in contact with selfish people. And let's face it, today we're dealing with a world full of selfish people. Selfishness is actually running rampant in the world right now. We are dealing with so much selfishness. People are all about me, 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 me. And you don't want to be one of those selfish people, but also you don't want to be drawn into someone's selfish ways. Because here's what's important about selfish people. They rob you of something. Selfish people rob you of your joy. They can rob you of something physically. They can rob you of opportunities that may come your way. And you have to be discerning when you come in contact with selfish people. Now, don't get me wrong. We we all started off selfish, right? We've said this before. As babies, we're selfish. So we're at that space initially, but as we grow and hopefully gain wisdom, we become more selfless and not selfish. I'm going to talk about selfishness in a later podcast because there's so much to unpack with selfishness. But for right now, I just wanted to talk about it. So now the selfish people that you come in contact with may be friends that you have that are selfish, could be family members that are selfish, could be co-workers, and oftentimes strangers you come in contact with. You could also come in contact with a person who is interested in you romantically and they're selfish. The key is you don't want to be involved with this person because when you find out they're selfish, they may have already robbed you of so many different things. And again, when you allow people to do certain things because you didn't discern, that can put you in a negative space because you feel like you should have done something that you didn't do. And you're right. But if we take care of discerning on the front end, we don't have to look back in hindsight and say, oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. Now, listen, we're not perfect. And there are plenty of times in life where we do say just that. In hindsight, I should have. And that's fine. You know, we're not perfect. But what we try to do is minimize those things, those times where we say that because we are more present, right? We are more conscious of how we are operating in the world. And that's how we're able to discern better. So that way we do not make these unnecessary mistakes. So what I want to really talk to you about today is just one quick example of how, you know, can discern or you come in contact with a particular scenario where the opportunity to discern is there, but a lot of times we don't see it. We don't see things based on whatever's going on in our lives or, you know, emotions might be high. And sometimes it's just things that are going on that do not allow you to see what is right in front of you. So let me just give you one quick example. And we'll talk about more examples later. But right now, for today, I just want to talk about one. So let's just say that you are involved in an accident. Let's just say you were at a green light and you were moving forward and someone ran a red light and hit you. Now, let's also say that there's no physical injuries to either you or the other person, but it's a fender bender. But for argument's sake, let's just say that this person was in the wrong and you were in the right. Now they hit you. And let's also say that there's nobody else around. It's just you two. And both of you get out the car. And immediately when he gets out the car, the first thing he says to you, to you in a very aggressive manner is, why did you do that? Now, 
you might be taken aback at that moment because you know and you swear up and down that the light was green, you had the right of way, and he was the one who was in the wrong. So the question is, under those facts right there that I just gave you, this particular scenario, what is your course of action? And is there an opportunity to discern? And the answer is yes, there is an opportunity to discern. And the question is, how are you going to proceed? Now, the other question that you may ask is, is there enough information for me to make the right decision? And my answer to you is yes, there is. So what are the two most important pieces of information? There is actually two pieces of information. Number one, this person hit you, right? And that's based on how the car is positioned. And both of you, let's just say, would agree to that. He hit you. And the second piece of information is the fact that when the person got out of the car, they were very aggressive towards you. And the first thing out of their mouth was to accuse you of something. With those two pieces of information, you can make a proper decision. Whether or not the light was green in your favor is important information, but it's information that can be put to the side and not the focus that you need to look at. So with those two pieces of information, this guy hit you and he got out his car and was aggressive towards you and accused you of something should cause you to just stand back, be calm, tell him, hold on for a second, go back in your car and call the authorities to make a report. Because if you decide to respond to him, even if you're trying to be calm, he's already presented to you in an aggressive manner and you have no way of knowing how this guy is going to respond to whatever it is that you're going to say. The most you should say, say at that point is just put either put your finger up, hold on for a second, and just go back in your car and make the phone call because you have no idea who he is. And when someone makes an accusation like that and you are of the mindset that you did nothing wrong, you can see how easily the conversation can go wrong. So you're chancing it by trying to keep your emotions at bay because you have no idea what's going to come out of this person's mouth. And since you already know the first thing that came out is aggressive and in your opinion, wrong and accusatory, you should not risk elevating the situation more than it already is. You see? So that's just a quick situation. Now, let me add more facts to it. And you tell me whether or not you would make a different decision. So now let's just say the same facts that I initially gave you, that being someone hit you, you were at a green light, he was at a red light, and he got out of the car and was aggressive towards you and accused you of something. Now add to the fact that there's a witness, someone who came up behind both of you, and this person got out the car and said, calm down, everybody, I saw what happened. Ma'am, you were at a green light. Sir, you ran a red light and hit this woman. And let's just say up until that point, the guy who hit me or hit you was not changing his stance until that witness came. Now, all of a sudden, after the witness said what he said, let's just say you turn around and say, thank you, sir. Can I get your name and number? And the witness says, of course. So you start to write it down. And now you're feeling more confident because not only do you have a witness, but there's someone else there and you feel more safe. So now what if the guy who hit you now says, 
okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cause any trouble. Can we just resolve this and not call the police? My question to you is, what is your course of action? Are you still going to call the police or are you now going to change course and try to handle this without the authorities because now you have a witness? And my answer to you is you still stay the course and call the authorities and get a report of what happened. And why do I say that? Once again, this is an opportunity for you to discern because here's the thing. Once again, there's more facts added but it doesn't mean that those facts should change your course of action. It doesn't mean that the facts that have been added are relevant. It just means that there's more facts. And again, as someone who's discerning, you have to sift through the information that's there. Now, it's great that there's a witness, but once again, you don't really know the witness or the person who hit you. But what you do know is that number one, you were hit. Number two, the guy who was aggressive towards you actually told you something when he got out of his car and accused you of something. And let's just assume that both of you knew in your heart of hearts that he ran a red light and you was at a green light, but he was sticking to his guns, accusing you of doing something. In that scenario, what he was really communicating to you was that he will not take responsibility for his actions. That's what he was communicating under those facts that I gave you. So now that there's a witness, he probably feels like he has no other choice. So he has to change his stance. So now all of a sudden he'll say, okay, I'm sorry. Let's try to handle this without the authorities. And once again, even though there's a witness, you don't know if this witness will follow through on what they're saying. If you decide to change course and not get a police report, what could happen is you may not be able to reach the witness. They might have a change of heart. And now you don't have a report of what happened. And the guy who told you from the beginning that he would not be responsible still may not be responsible. Again, there's an opportunity to discern. And maybe the witness will do what they said they're going to do. But you still need to have a record of what's transpired because remember, the salient piece of information was when this guy knew he was wrong, he communicated to you that he wasn't going to take responsibility for his actions and he was going to blame it on you. You can't ignore that just because there are more facts that come into play that makes it appear that it's more favorable to you. You have to still understand what people are actually communicating to you. And that gentleman who hit you was showing you who he is. And when people show you who they are, believe them. Just because he changed his tune, it may sound wonderful and it may sound to you like, that's great because I didn't want to call the police. But the fact of the matter is, is just because it sounds nice, you have to still discern and make sure you're making the right decision in that moment. Now, let me add some more facts to this. What if your situation is such that that car you're driving has a boatload of tickets on it? That's your circumstance. And if you got caught by the police, they would impound the car. So now 
add that to the facts. You have a witness. You still have the guy who came out against you aggressively and accused you of something. And now you're, you realize that your situation is such where you don't want to call the police. Now, in that situation, you may very well say, okay, let's try to resolve this without the police. But here's the thing. That's not discernment. That's you allowing your circumstance dictate the outcome or the actions you're going to take. And see, this is why we talk about how you need to deal with issues that are going on in your life. And in this instance, the issue is you have all these tickets that you need to deal with. Now, you know, there can be so many excuses why you don't deal with the tickets. But the reality is, is that when you decide not to deal with them and you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, like driving, if you have a suspended license or whatever the case is, you're putting yourself in a situation where you allow your circumstance to dictate your actions and it will cloud your judgment. It will cloud your judgment to the point where you will make decisions that are inconsistent with you discerning. And that's what people fail to understand. That's why, you know, listen, if your issue is you don't have the money to pay for all these tickets, you let somebody drive the car that got all these tickets on your car and all these type of different things, that's all good and well. And it may be someone else's fault, but at the end of the day, it has to be dealt with because you're going to be driving around in fear, scared that someone's going to pull you over. And God forbid, what happens? You get in an accident, even if it's not your fault, because you under you got to understand that by you continuing to ride around in this circumstance that's not ideal for you, it will cause you to make decisions that are inconsistent with you know you staying on the road that you need to be on. Now I know you'll say to yourself, you know, listen, I don't want to get arrested, of course. So you're going to make this decision that may end up being a bad decision. For you because now this guy may not pay because now you don't have a record of police report and who's to say the witness might follow up they might not follow up either so now you're in this situation where you made a decision not to deal with the authorities because of your circumstances that you did not deal with so you know you have to look at all these different things and see how the decision that you should have made was right there in front of you but because there were other things that were going on that you didn't deal with, you made a different decision. And the question is, deal with what do you need to deal with first? It's always you you have to deal with first. And if you don't deal with you and you come in contact with other people, then now you have to deal with the situation in a totally different way that may set you back even more. So here you have a situation where the opportunity to discern was right there, but you couldn't even take advantage of it because you failed to deal with other situations. You know, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there because those type of decisions are the worst decisions. And you have to understand that. We want to be in a position where, again, we're not perfect people. We're going to make mistakes, but we want to position ourselves where we make decisions based on the available information not on our circumstances and not on what we want to hear. We have to listen to what's really being said to us. And we also have to make sure that our lives are positioned properly to receive that information and therefore guide us the right way to make the proper judgments and ultimately the right decisions. 
So I can keep adding facts to this scenario and we could talk about it all day. We can slice it and dice it so many different ways. But the point is, is that of course, at the end of the day, if you know you're going to get arrested because you have outstanding tickets and you have your license provoked and stuff like that, of course, you're going to make a decision the other way. But the point is, is that don't be in that situation where you're fearful and you know you're going to get arrested. Deal with the issue. If it means you have to get on a payment plan to make those, to pay those tickets, then do that. Start the process. Start somewhere. So that way you are able to get yourself positioned properly. And that's what we want to do. So really, again, we'll talk about more examples. There's another example I wanted to talk about in terms of different situations that we come across on a daily basis that gives us the opportunity to discern and we turn away from it. We can't blame other people when things like that happen. We have to blame ourselves because we have to take responsibility for how we conducted ourselves that led us to making that poor decision. So with this guy right here, who right from the start told you that he was not going to take responsibility, if it turns out that you don't take any police report and you just exchange numbers and then you call this guy up later on and say, um, here's the bill for my, uh, my fender bender. He might say, what are you talking about? I'm sorry, who are you? Because he knows there's no police report. And how are you going to back this up now? So, you know, again, we have to think about that. But in your mind, you're saying to yourself, I made, okay, fine. He's not going to pay it, but I made the right decision because I didn't want to get arrested. Yeah, in that moment, you might be right. Of course, you're, that's the decision that you're going to make. But the bigger issue is how could you position yourself so you don't have to put yourself in that position. Handle your personal affairs. Take care of things so you don't have to compromise yourself and put yourself in situations where you're going to come out at a loss. You know, you can take one step forward and 10 steps back. You don't want to do that. You want to deal with your issues on the front end so you don't have to deal with other things on the back end. I always tell people, you know, my motto in life is pay now, not pay later. Because pay now, that means you deal with the issues, you get them out the way. Usually when you pay later, it's always 10, 20 times more when you pay later. You don't want to do that. Take care of your responsibilities so that way you will see the opportunity to discern when it presents itself. And that's where we want to be. So again, I can use this car accident example and add so many different facts to it and change it and then ask you whether or not you would change your course of action. And it's actually a great exercise that I do in some of my seminars. And you'd be surprised how it just really sparks wonderful discussions amongst amongst the participants. It's just wonderful. But I will stop here for now. I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in every week. We're going to talk more about this. We're going to use more examples and uh, we'll really, you know, bring home the point that discerning is really something that you need to do because it always works in your favor. And you don't want to get caught out there in these situations that really are going to come back to bite you in the end. So anyway, with that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate it. And we'll talk more about this next week. But until next time, take care of you 
and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. That concludes this week's episode of The Power of the Pivot, Leading with Discernment, where our goal is to equip and empower you with the divine tools you need to succeed personally and professionally. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review so we know how effective our message is and how much this message adds value to you personally. Remember, discernment is key. And if this is your first time tuning in, subscribe to the show so that you will be notified of future episodes. Until next time, love to you and yours.